Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good, because he is always faithful and always good. Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am super excited to welcome back to the podcast, Redemption Press author, Connie Viner. Her new book, Blueberry Bungalow, is out, and we are so excited to share with you this conversation with Connie. But first, let me give her a proper introduction. Connie Viner writes to encourage women with the assurance of God's love and faithfulness. She's also the author of Amaryllis Journey, a Golden Scroll Fiction Book of the Year award winner and Rested Soul Resilient Heart, an eight-week guide to healing with focuses on psalms, prayer, and journaling to confront the fallout of toxic relationships. Connie has her bachelor's degree in education from the University of Kansas and a master's in business management from the University of Redlands, California. As a certified domestic violence advocate, she has volunteered on crisis line calls and met with women in crisis in hospitals. As a Bible teacher, she taught precept courses, facilitated community Bible study groups, and led Bible studies in local churches. She created a ministry for abused women and led support groups in her church utilizing original curriculum. She is a past group leader for Hagar Sisters, a national nonprofit organization which helps women find healing after abuse. Connie is a member of the planning team for Renew. That's a retreat for New England writing and speaking. She's a former secondary education teacher and is currently enjoying retirement, which allows more time for writing, travel, and photography. Connie lives in New Hampshire and has two adult children and three amazing grandchildren. So let's roll that conversation. Well, Connie Viner, so great to have you back on the All Things Podcast. Welcome. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. Well, before we jump into a discussion on your new book, Blueberry Bungalow, I would love to have you share maybe a different story than last time that illustrates God's Romans 828 character of how he works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So let's start there. Amen. Well, I have I have a lot I could choose from, but um, one that I wanted to share tonight um, involves my mother. Um, my mother lives in Kansas. I live in New Hampshire. My brother lives in Arizona, and one sister also lives in Kansas. So I got a phone call in 2019 from my sister saying that my mother had just had a stroke. There was no history of strokes. Uh, she was perfectly healthy. No concerns whatsoever. So um, I got, I made plans to, to fly in the next day. My brother flew in from Arizona. So we were in the hospital with her and the doctor said she did not have a stroke and they couldn't figure out what has, what had happened. So they ran some tests and um, we were told that um, she had a 
a bleeding ulcer and they gave her uh, transfusions. However, uh, after three, the doctor said they could not give her anymore and it was evident that she was not going to make it. So um, the, the faithfulness of God is that he got me and my brother there. Um, if she hadn't had that, what they thought was a stroke, uh, we would not have been been there for her last day. She she only lived um, a day and a half after that. But we were in the ICU room with her the entire time. My nieces and nephews and and some of my mother's um, grand great grandchildren were there. We sang hymns with her. She recited scripture. She one thing that I'd like to say is my mother taught me a lot about living. And in those, in that day, she taught us how to die. She knew she was mm. going to be with the Lord. She had peace. That room was filled with the most peace. In fact, the nurses all commented when they walked into the room that there was just like a peace, a shadow, a, 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 cloth, a cloth of peace is what one of the nurses said. And it was a witness to everybody that was there. Um, when her pastor came to pray with her, she wanted to pray for everyone else. And um, some of these hymns that she remembered, I'm sure were from years back, but she, she was singing them. My brother and sister and I uh, took turns holding her hand and uh, until she passed, passed away. And it was the most peaceful thing. It was, it was just an incredible thing to witness. And um, I, at the time that that happened, I was writing Amarella's Journey. And I had not told my mother about it because I wanted to surprise her by dedicating the book to her. So she didn't know anything about it. But one of the characters in that book is a mentor. And that was based on my mother. So when I came back from the hospital after the funeral and everything, I had a hard time writing again because a lot of the book was about her. But after I prayed about it and I trusted the Lord, he, he just gave me, he gave me more of her words to put into that character of, of Rose. Now that's a different story, a different book, but that is just an example of the faithfulness of God in a, in a really miraculous way. He, he used that, that what the doctors thought was a stroke to get me and my brother there in time. Isn't that something that he, that God would use like a, a faulty diagnosis, a false diagnosis to get you, you know, right. and then think it was just a, a bleeding ulcer, you know, like that's not that big a deal. I mean, it, you know, it is, but it, it's not, it doesn't well, seem we wouldn't like have, you know, We wouldn't have gotten on the plane if we would have known that that was, you know, we didn't know how right. serious that was. But, you know, it just reminded me that God went before us and yes. orchestrated everything. It was my mother's my mother's desire was to have her children there and God orchestrated all of that. We couldn't wow. have done it. Wow. That he would take, uh, you know, a, a misdiagnosis and use it to answer her prayer. Right. I love that. That's a, what a great story. Okay. All right. So we're going to jump into blueberry bungalow and there's, an authenticity in this story that often feels informed by personal experience. So what actually inspired you to write Blueberry Bungalow? Well, um, tagging on to what I just shared, um, the book deals with grief. 
And uh, I have had a lot of loss in my life, a lot of disappointments, major drastic changes. And I wanted to write a book that was authentic, uh, didn't gloss over the, the grief, the emotions that we go through when we're in grief. But I also wanted to um, have a theme in there of hope and God's faithfulness and to be able to, to show the, the journey that someone takes when they're dealing with grief. Um, the protagonist, Macy, has just lost her beloved husband suddenly, and um, she's an artist and she feels like she's lost everything she's questions she questions everything her her gifts her her worth her you know what she's supposed to do with her life now so i wanted to show that um you know those are real issues that people deal with when when they're faced with grief everything changes the emotions affect every area of our life so that was one of the reasons that i decided to write this particular book well I'll tell you what, especially since we're doing this interview and, and this is going to air uh, uh, right around the Christmas holidays, um, holidays are so hard when you're grieving. There, yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And there's no formula. You right. know, everyone has to go through the grief process um, in the way that, that works best for them. And um, so that that was one of the, the reasons that I that I chose this topic for the book. So good. I'm so glad you did. So both of your novels, Blueberry Bungalow and Amaryllis Journey, deal with the hard things in broken relationships. If you could speak directly to the reader who is finding herself in your pages, what would you say to her? Well, a little bit of what I just said is that it's okay to be genuine with what we're going through. Um, it's, it's okay to question God. <laughs> a lot of people in the Bible questioned God. It's okay to do that. You know, he, he understands and he, he wants us to be authentic with him. So um, again, Macy's really struggling with anger towards God. Why did he take her husband? And he also had taken her father not that long ago. So she's pretty upset in the beginning of the book. But but she she co comes to a place in her spiritual journey where she can accept God's will and she can um, see that see his faithfulness uh, in her life in, in spite of of what she's gone through. That's been hard. Mm. And that's so good. I think using, I love how you use fiction to tackle topics that are hard, but that need, we need to learn how to trust God, even in the hard stuff. And that's, you know, it's easy to trust him when things are going good, but right. when things are, you know, traumatic and abusive and toxic and all the different things, um, to be able right. to learn to trust him that he will bring good out of it, that he will lead us and guide us to safety, that, you know, that's just so powerful that especially using, I'm a fiction reader, but not a fiction writer. So I love how you're able to do that and have been so, you've done such a good job at it. Well, I mentioned that that uh, my first novel, Amarella's Journey, ha had a mentor in it. 
And this this story also has a mentor, but she's an unlikely mentor because she she has been deceased for uh, many, many years. But Maisie buys a, a home, an, an old home, a hundred year old home that was once a general store and and also the um, the home of the owners of the general store. Well, um, Jenny, who lived there, um, she left a journal. And she catalogs and writes about all of her struggles. She had a lot of losses, a lot of disappointments, a lot of heartache. So the main character, Macy, learns a lot from a journal that was that was written many, many years ago. So I wanted to show the power of um, honest expression and the power of our words, you know, how important they are. Not, not just for the healing process of journaling for us, but for whoever reads that. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. I'm a big journaler and journaling fan. So I, I, the power of those words is, and I love just, you know, kind of flipping it around. It's not just for us. It's for who gets to read it after we're gone. Right. Wow. So Blueberry Bungalow is a cozy mystery and it's different. The genre is different than Amaryllis Journey. Did you plan for this to be a murder mystery or did that storyline kind of assert itself as you were writing uh, and moving forward in that journey? Well, it evolved, I guess you would say. I, I knew I wanted the setting in Maine and obviously in the blueberry uh, fields. And I and when I decided I wanted to have her buy this old uh, general store previous general store and home, I thought, well, I wonder if there are some secrets in that house that Macy could uncover. And so there are. And that's the cozy mystery aspect to it. She finds a few things and um, and it it creates intrigue and, and mystery. Mm, and I a good resolution, that. I will say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what is the one message that you most want your readers to grasp as they finish this new book? Well, uh, we touched on it a little bit, but it, it basically is that it is okay um, to question God's faithfulness uh, when these hard things happen, but to keep an, an attitude of gratitude. And that's one of the things about, about Jenny in the book, the one that wrote the, um, the, that kept the journal. She, she, she really tried to, um, plant seeds of gratitude and and look for look for ways that God was faithful even when when we're waiting for him to be faithful in the big big things you know what we're going through now but if we can look for his faithfulness in other areas in the little things in our life it just gives us a better attitude to be able to see that God is working and I think that that creates a lot more appreciation and thankfulness uh, in the end. And I think Romans 12, 12 was a key verse for me when I was going through a lot of difficulties. And that is be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. So I tried to incorporate those three aspects um, as I was developing the character of Macy, that she, that's part of her transition. That's part of her spiritual journey, where she comes to a place where she, she does uh, see God's faithfulness, and she can accept um, God's sovereign will for her life. That's not easy for any of us in the hard times, but it's not impossible. Exactly. Well, I love how you've uh, created a situation where she got to learn how to look for those blessings and 
notice it, even when it's the darkest of times in our lives, there are things that you can't, that we can be grateful for. Right. And but it takes work and it takes intention to really say, okay, I'm going to find something to praise God for today. And exactly. you know, when we make that decision, he's going to open our eyes and we're going to see it and it's going to, it will just turn us around. But the enemy would love to keep us in that dark place oh. of depression and despair Constant. and loss and hopelessness. Right. And so you, we got to fight against it. And, and I think when, when hard things happen, then we, we are a target for the enemy because um, he wants to destroy our witness. He wants to destroy our joy. He wants for he wants us to give up to give hope, give up hope and all the things that we know that we shouldn't do. But it's sort of I think it's fertile ground for the enemy when we're hurting, when we're when we're disappointed, especially especially when we've lost someone so close to us. Um, you know, I, I I and as we go through life, no one is going to escape some form of grief. It's going to hit everyone. Right. And I would think. When you have a loss that is not expected, like her husband was, it was unexpected. Yeah. So she, it wasn't like he had a diagnosis six months earlier and they were able to process and say goodbye and do all those things. So when it's that kind of a loss, that is really, this has to be the hardest um, loss to process and so, of course, right. the enemy is going to try everything he can to just use that loss to destroy that person's faith and their hope and and their outlook and all of that. But what a great opportunity when we do actually choose to find things to be grateful for, then people are watching us and going, how can you be so at peace when you're when you just, you know, life's crumbling around you, you know, right. so it's an opportunity as well. Right. Well, and, and we never know how our, uh, our journey through grief can help someone else. And exactly. I think that's, that's very, very important. You know, that, exactly. that's, that's why we're here. <laughs> and, you know, if, if we can continue to encourage someone else, by what we've been through, by the by the hard times, then that that brings glory to God, and that that does um, you know, focus on on God's faithfulness even in the hard times. It's it's very easy to be grateful when everything's going great, but it's um, when when tragedy strikes, when when we we have great disappointments, drastic changes. That that's that's where we're tested. Absolutely, and. You know, the whole concept of healthy processing of grief. I don't know, but I, I always feel like Christians, we don't do a very good job at that because so many people say so many things that they are trying to be helpful, but they're not being helpful because, you know, God needed him in heaven or, you know, these things that hopefully we'll, you know, lighten the the situation because we feel awkward and we don't really know what to say or do. And so we only make it worse. Right. Yeah. And it's expectations that are placed on us sometimes as, as Christians that, you know, we should be able to um, 
process everything maybe quicker or uh, without so much um, sadness. But, you know, we can't. We, we have to process it. Whether we're believers or not, we have to process the, ex the experience the same way because it's a deep emotion. And uh, that's why I love the, the story in the Bible about Jesus weeping for Lazarus. He knew that Lazarus was going to be raised, but he was weeping because he, because he was identifying with the pain of Mary and Martha. He knew, he knew their grief. And um, so I think that's very important because it just shows the compassion of, of Jesus. And I love that that has been included in, in the Bible, not just for the miracle of raising Lazarus, but, but for the compassion aspect of it. That, you know, it's the shortest verse in the, in the Bible, but it's, it's very powerful because Jesus wept. Yeah. And then to think about Lamentations, you know, where Jeremiah is just pouring his heart out. I mean, he's just a mess. And despair and despondency and depression but then he reminds himself how faithful god is right and you know we talked about journaling and i think if if it, someone's listening that is not a journaler and you're going through hard times uh or especially grief i would really encourage that because that's where we can we can be authentic before the Lord and just write down exactly what we're what we're feeling, what our emotions are. Get it down on paper, and then and then ask God to give you a scripture verse that that would deal with that specific emotion or that specific thing that you're dealing with for that point in time, and then write it down. And then when we go back and reread that, that's a testimony for God's faithfulness, and it's on paper. It's right there. We you know we 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 won't forget it. Mm, I love that. And that is a great tool to give to our listeners today to utilize a journal. And, you know, when no matter how you're feeling, no matter how irreverent it feels to say, how could you, how could you do this to me, God, or what, whatever it is you're feeling to be able to journal that and then ask Holy Spirit, what do you say? Lord, show me a scripture that's going to speak to this that I need to hang on to. He loves to answer that kind of prayer. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Mm. And it's it's very it's a healing process too. Journaling is is a is a healing. Just the process itself is very healing. I, I have found over the years. I, I'm a big journaler. I have been for many, many years. And um it's the first thing that I think about doing when I'm really discouraged is is sit down and and write about it, journal it. Mm, amen. I knew I liked you from the first <laughs> time. We're fellow journalers. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, well, if we have some people who want to find you on social media or online, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, my met website is ConnieViner.com. It's K-O-N-N-I-E-V-I-N-E-R.com. Books are available uh, at Redemption and, and Amazon. I wrote a, a nonfiction book first, which is Rested Soul, Resilient Heart. And then I have these two, um, two novels. So. Wonderful. And your first novel won an award at, yes. uh, at Golden Scrolls. So we're yes. excited to see. That was very exciting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we're excited to see what happens with the new one at the SELA Awards since it just got nominated for that. So and I'm very excited about that too. That's Absolutely. great. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today, Connie. It was just a delight. I always enjoy it, Athena. Thank you for the opportunity and Merry Christmas to everyone. Amen.
Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.